Welcome back to the Great Stair Podcast, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. I'm your host, Ben. I'm your host, Anya. And uh, today we got just a couple reviews for you guys. Um, and a little first reaction thing, um, which is uh, Annette, which we will briefly bring up. And then in an episode when it comes out on Amazon, we should be talking a little more in depth. But for now, at least you'll know what we think. Uh, you want to go ahead on you and just give your quick first reactions. All right. So my initial reaction, my excuse me, I guess start over. All right. So my initial reaction for Annette is that I loved the movie a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of Leo's character, the director, and even Sparks, who the band that actually did the screenplay for it. I think their styles complement each other in a way that's like very frantic absurdist but also highly dramatic it's definitely a challenging movie and i i was really like struck by the cacophony of it to a degree so my initial reaction to net is a nine out of ten and again these are subject to change once we give a you know a greater review with the rest of the hosts yeah and as of the recording of this i literally just got out of this like an hour ago and I'm still thinking about it. Uh, I personally didn't love the movie, but I found a lot to appreciate about it. Um, great music. For now, it's a 6 out of 10. So didn't love it, didn't hate it. But, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, that's kind of what that is. Um, once Tyler and Cam and uh, Marlon, if once they all see it or a few of them, we'll be, go a little more in depth with it. But uh, first off, our... We'll just get it out of the way since um, Anya hasn't seen it. Jungle Cruise, the new uh, Disney movie. Um, Directed by a filmmaker most of us like, Joe May Collette Sarah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not as big a fan as you guys, but I, I do really enjoy um, The Shallow. So. Um, this movie didn't look very good at all to me. It just looked... Like another generic Disney movie, live action. I think the live action department is easily the worst of the Disney teams, I guess. But, I mean, there's some things that, you know, like Emily Blunt, I like her, you know. There's a reason to see it. Um, but yeah, um, Marlon, uh, his cousin and I actually split the premiere access on Disney+, Plus, so... Yeah, I paid. That's how I watched it. Paid ten bucks for it. Pretty good deal, I'd say. Yeah, that's the way to go if you can uh, just split the money. All right. As far as the movie, I just thought it was very mediocre. Um, I thought Emily Blunt was good in it. Um, and I liked her character. She was very likable and uh, charismatic and adventurous, which I I just appreciated. She kind of reminded me of like indiana jones in that way um the rock is you know he's very watchable on screen for sure but um i think i've just kind of realized that even though the rock can be entertaining i just usually hate his characters that he plays because in this <laughs> he's just obnoxious and like he just like it's like he acts like a middle schooler who has a crush on someone and so he's mean to him so yeah, I mean, he does he does what he can. Um, I've mentioned this. A couple other people have mentioned this. 
He's got some pretty funny little outfits and hats. Um, <laughs> the Willy the Willy Wonka one, as some have also said. Um, that's the best one. That's probably one. That's probably the best part of the movie, actually. Whenever I do get to see this movie, which should be pretty soon, it's funny that that's the part I'm most excited for is to see a scene I've already seen an image from. Well, yeah, that's because we have a Willy Wonka me like joke, right? Inside joke. Um, as far as just the whole plot and everything, it was just felt a little too dragged out. A little, it was just it just didn't grip me at all. Like. The villains, there's too many of them. Like, there's Paul Giamatti, who was just hamming up the screen. Basically, like, the how he did in Spider-Man. There was, like, I think his name is Edgar Ramirez and his guys. Basically, just the guy, the villains from the last Pirates of the Caribbean. And it's that shitty, like, creepy CGI that they had. Um, and then Jesse Plemons, who was actually pretty fun. In this movie, you know, I I feel like it's kind of hard to go wrong with him, though. Like, he, he always usually knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, so he was good in it. And I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy that played uh, Emily Blunt's brother was pretty fun in it. Like, I, I liked watching him. I have a quick interjection for you as mm-hmm. a just a listening participant. You brought up that you don't normally like the way The Rock act in his film roles do you mm. think that no no i don't really like his characters no I, i'm character. fine with how he acts i see i see my bad but do you think that that type of character you described applies here too yeah and this is the this is one of the first ones i noticed like it really bugging me the first one I that i started to notice it with was hobbs and shaw <laughs> and then I, I kind of just caught on to what his his gimmick is which like like he just can't be like a regular like he'll never be a regular guy because he's a mountain of a man but um like he he just acts like a like a smart ass in all of his movies and it's like it's getting annoying why can't he just be like a humble guy or something i don't know i see uh, and it was a horrible movie but like skyscraper he was he was actually his character was oh was pretty different because you know he's like he kind of got because he had one leg he kind of knew where he came from so he needs to do more stuff like that i feel like because in this he's basically the whole time all he does is like even though he has a crush on emily blunt you know and they're, they're the like a love interest he's the whole time he's going yeah she can't do that there's no way she can do that she's not doing she i'm not letting her do that it's just that's the whole thing with him, and the yeah, it's just, kind of like the stick gets worn out, is what you're saying. Yeah, and this just and also from what I've seen of Guam Colette Sarah, this movie just has none of the energy that he brings to his movies. Um, the Commuter, which I didn't even like that much, I do actually want to watch it again. That movie, I like the the style of it still, and I like the like how frantic it is. And, like, obviously the shallows I like. This just has nothing of his trademark from what I could tell. So, it's just a very mediocre, average, another boring Disney live-action movie. Right. But, as uh, Tyler... Yeah, sorry, one last thing. Um, As Tyler uh, said when he saw it, um, and I agree, we'd rather get theme park movies like this 
like based off a Disney theme park than a remake. And I agree with that. Gotcha. I have one more question to ask you before we, you know, in the Jungle Cruise portion is that in contrast to all these other Disney live action movies, I mean, hell, we had one about two months ago. Would you say that there's anything here that that it does better than others or do you think it's lacking in comparison to if we're basing it off this and Corella, they're kind of going in an okay direction because at least those two movies are trying to make something like they're kind of trying to make their own story and they're not trying to make a beat for beat ripoff because like this movie does have you know, I can imagine it'd be hard to base something off of, of a theme park ride. And so for what the story they could have done, even though it's not very good, it's honestly probably one of the better things they could have done. And they they honestly do a good job of at least attempting to be creative and also attempting where, uh, and also acknowledging where, like, uh, it, uh, acknowledging where, it comes from because you know they do kind of make fun of how it is a theme park right so i see gotcha yeah so that yeah that's really that's really all i gotta say about this um so with all that said um i would give this a uh, five out of ten um tyler also gave it a five out of ten cam uh, gave it a 6 out of 10 and Marlon gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay, so the average is a 5.75. Okay, a little higher. A little yeah. higher than I thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one that I'll probably get around to. And, you know, I think with a lot of the reviews, uh, it did lower my expectations. I didn't have huge expectations like before the movie came out. But and now we'll move on to the Next review in this episode, which is David Lowry's The Green Knight. And this is a, I guess you could say contemporary adaptation. It's it's still a medieval film. Uh, adaptation of The Green Knight, where we follow Dev Patel, who plays Gawain. I believe he's the nephew of King Arthur. And uh, he strikes a blow against The Green Knight in a game on Christmas Day. And must return the blow a year later. And... This is a movie, at least for me, I, before going into the movie, I almost didn't care about it. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I was a little bit cynical before this movie came out. Um, were you excited for this? I was really excited. I thought this movie looked really good. So, Yeah. And um, um, to my surprise, I loved this movie, especially just the days after I saw it, it just kept growing on me. I think this is like, yeah, the exact same thing happened to me. Like uh, when I first got out of it, I think I felt a little underwhelmed by it. Then that next morning, I was like, no, this is really good. And, uh, and now just thinking about it even more the past few days, I, I really love this movie and I've really just come to love it and I want to see it again. Right. Well, like, I think the initial, my initial reaction to the movie, the thing that I was taken most was the storytelling. Um, Because I think a lot of people can jump to the conclusion, 
where they only see the storytelling as like stylized and i mean there's pretty vivid cinematography in the movie uh you know we're kind of just and even i would say some of the editing in the beginning of the film not is not jarring but it's just very overt to a degree there's like a lot happening with the cuts before the movie starts to i think shift quite a lot as it progresses um Mm -hmm. and what i thought was like fascinating about the storytelling is how david lowry the way he reinterprets the story feels very contemporary in that a lot of these old fictions that um, became writing points for maybe what I uh, described as like young adult fiction authors. I think he ties those ideas uh, in very much into the current day of how we see youth romance. And, you know, that's uh, partially uh, due to, I would say, the naivety of Deb Patel's character and also his, um, I want to call it a fault. It just, his honesty is that he is very cowardice in the movie. Um, and like a particular sequence, uh, or part of the film is, uh, a scene with, uh, this large, I don't want to call it a castle, but a large house that Joel Edgerton's, uh, character and Alicia Vikander, who placed two different people in this movie, it's this section of the film. And I think when I saw the movie, this part like revealed like a lot to me about um, just the emotions they wanted to communicate and just the general like thought provoking ideas of the inner workings of the original. Uh, and again, I won't like just go into plot description, but uh, like I, I know a lot of people have deduced a specific scene in this movie just because it was kind of like, jarring or shocking but um it's a scene involving alicia vikander dev patel and um dev or excuse me gaywin i should you know use the character's names gaywin uh and gaywin's mother uh who gaywin's mother is a, a witch who is or not exactly a witch but she uh is like a sorceress and she's blindfolded in the sequence and um I was just like amazed by this sequence because uh, it almost foreshadows his cowardice in that uh, Gaywin's mother tries to have Gaywin uh, create create a new heir or a baby in in fear that he will not complete his mission. And I think that idea reinforced the movie's ideas about exchanges because i mean the whole idea of the movie is him exchanging a blow being beheaded and you also see characters like barry Keoghan's character there's an exchange involving directions and coins uh and i don't know i think those ideas are all like really interesting and i like the way they're reinforced throughout the movie there's an exchange of nature between fields that are deforested and then scenes where the nature is impending and i thought stuff like that was like it wasn't subtle but i thought it was like effective what were some of the things Mm -hmm. you liked about the movie i i really liked that it um it was more of a personal journey for him and kind of realizing you almost kind of see how he realizes what uh he he's kind of glossed over like um the first Alicia Vikander 
at first it kind of feels like he doesn't really care about her, but like later on, he it almost seems like he kind of regrets it in a way. Yeah. And, and um and so I liked seeing how he he like over time he seems to just appreciate everything and not take it for granted and obviously that um we kind of get that in the last scene which is a spoiler if if we want to wait we can get to that um but also it's can't go without saying that this movie is really is really creative in the creature design work i mean the tree got the green knight the tree looked amazing um those i mean the cute little fox gotta love that um (laughs) uh just the scenery like that that the that battlefield where barry keoghan was walking around in you know really just really set the mood for it and then obviously uh, the things that gave me nightmares, those giant statue-like <laughs> people. Right. Uh, oh, my. Like, just very creative, very uh, – felt very original. And I, I loved uh, his approach to this. And obviously, Dev Patel, fantastic here. And uh, honestly, I think – I like, I think this might be the first movie I've seen him in because <laughs> uh, I didn't see Lion. Oh, I don't really even remember what else he's in. But, uh, you know, he's fantastic here. Alicia Vikander, um, uh, everybody. Um, it was nice right. to see uh, really... Solomon Lane from Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sean Harris, uh, who plays a quite haggard uh king arthur and he's not in the movie too much but his very raspy voice is very naturalistic in the role um for the few scenes he's in i i really i think sean harris is great in this movie and again all the acting and like ralph innocent who plays uh the green knight and you know he's doing a mixture of um there's a mixture of cgi on him and some prosthetics uh and it creates a very uh, vivid character to uh, again visually uh, watch and again I think just what the character exudes to reflect onto Dev Patel again in the third act of the movie the third act or just the last portion of the movie is just a very highly reflective moment of the movie that um, I don't know it just it feels like a, a culmination of the events you watched in a very uh, unpretentious and freeing and scary like scary to a degree manner um where you ju- it just really by the end of the film i feel like everything is earned uh especially again in retrospect um so yeah i i was just really yeah surprised by the movie i will say a few things that i wasn't a huge fan of and i guess this isn't a huge flaw but I wasn't entirely into um, the um, digital cinematography of the movie. And I guess that could just be a nitpick. Because again, I earlier talked about how I think the contemporary reimaginings of this story almost, you know, makes it makes sense to use modern cameras in that regard. Um, But I don't know, parts of the film just a very few came across as a little cheap 
which isn't again like a the most substantive critique of this movie which again i do find the scope to be quite fascinating and large um and i love again like the very large frame i i told some people after i saw it i feel like lowry's uh disney roots actually kind of come through here uh <laughs> it's just like these just big frames like um so i thought that was interesting to a degree um um one that's, oh sorry oh no it's okay i'm just trying to think if there's anything else i wanted to dismay the film uh for me i think it'll benefit one i think this could benefit for a second watch there was a couple things you know i am a little stupid i guess but i don't know but there was a couple things i was a little lost on um but you know the majority of this movie does make sense um, but I also wanted to say that a big positive with this was, for me also was that um, while this is a pretty dark and overall serious movie, I like that this movie wasn't afraid to ha- ha- be a little fun. Like you could, yeah, if you really wanted to manipulate, yeah, the the tree prosthetics they look like prosthetics. But I like that. I like that they just went uh, like a classic route, like a Jim Henson kind of. Sure. Yeah. It. And then, you know, they had fun with with like that character also with he had like the the big evil laugh. I loved hearing that. Like, <laughs> I love that. That was just amazing. And I like that it wasn't so serious the whole time. And it, it did have a good amount of levity and um and just a fun factor to it. And I, yeah, I do think that levity is due to some of the stuff you talked about and the very young adult tone of the movie. I think like it's an R rated movie. I think this is a really great movie for teenagers, just like moral wise, maybe, I don't know. But I think again, it, it has some fascinating, um, again, youthful conceptions of lust and sex to a degree. Um, Hmm. Well, if I had one complaint, um, even though Sean Harris was good, I was kind of mad Charlie Hunnam didn't return to reprise <laughs> King Arthur. Charlie Hunnam, where are you? Oh, I I just remembered one other thing. I was a huge fan of the movie. Um, I am somebody who, when I'm watching a movie, uh, I try my absolute very hardest to devote all of all, just all of my attention towards it. And I think in the sound mix. Maybe this isn't a great comment. Uh, I feel like there was some stuttering and murmuring, uh, which is like, again, that is intentional due to part of the characters. But I feel like the stuttering and murmuring, I couldn't hear exactly what some people were saying. And I'm like, I'm trying really hard. I really want to hear like the words coming out of people's mouth. And, yeah. Oh, and- like there's a part with, I agree with that. There's a part with a leash of a candor. Bef- that is, when he's t- she's talking to him before he leaves the castle. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely I could not understand a word she was saying. Right. And also, again, this is uh, obviously this is like the most minor nitpick. Um, I don't know why I found maybe because I was just tired. I found those like title cards r- kind of hard to read. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair. Yeah, no. And again, like the stuttering and murmuring here, it's it's not like a Nolan level stuttering murmuring. Like oh, no, I think, way better than that. Yeah, no. Like um I think the most infamous 
stuttered performance uh, of the past decade, at least, is Michael Caine in Interstellar. This is not on that level. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. But um, yeah, I think I think that about does it for our comments on the Green Knight. I love this movie. Yeah, the one spoiler. Um, I'll just say it really quick. Um, be prepared. So when I was talking about how he learns to appreciate everything, um, that I feel like that goes kind of solidified at the end when he he envisions his life if he were to get away, and um. And then, but I like that in the actuality that he doesn't like get to make it out. Like he just accepts that it's like, okay, I'm here for a reason. You know, I've looked, I've, uh, I've, I appreciated everything up to this. And like, as almost if he didn't go, if he did go back in reality, that he wouldn't actually end up appreciating it. Cause obviously he kind of, obviously he abandons the first Alicia Vikander and uh-huh. and I think I, I don't know if that made sense, but uh, I don't it's know. A little, it's a, it's a little hard to describe, but yeah, no, I think that traumatic vision that he he has, um, yeah, again, is a little bit foreshadowed in the scene with uh, Alicia Vikander and Gaywin's mother, and in that scene, Vikander's character, the lady, she tells him, "You are no knight." Uh, she is robbed him of what he's so called trying he what he claims he wants to achieve honor does he and she really puts him down after that and again what the mother was trying to supposedly impose on him do, if he actually do fail to complete the game so yeah no i think um yeah no, it was just a really really strong um ending so mm-hmm. Should we give our scores? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Um, my score for the Green Knight is an eight. Yeah. Um. Funny thing, when walking out of the movie, I was like, "Oh, it's like a seven. That next morning, I put I put it as an eight. But my final score, after thinking about it, and you know, really mulling it over, I'm so glad we waited honestly to talk about this movie. Uh, at least for now, this is a nine out of ten for me. Yay! Uh, exciting. This is I, exciting I, I, it's so rare that I love a movie, so I'm glad that sure. this grew on me. Um, and what did our ho- are their hosts think of this? I think oh, uh, Ham gave it a nine as well, correct? Yep, yep. And Marlon gave it an eight. So All right, Let's Tyler go. has yet to see it. So yeah, Cam loved it. He had a. It's one of his favorites of the year, as sure. is for me. And uh, and Marlon uh, had, saw it at the Chinese theater actually. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He said it was a. I think he said it was a pretty big surprise for him. So right. yeah. So the Great Star average is an eight and a half for the Green Knight. Uh, definitely one, one of the best. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and... uh, we haven't gotten a lot of those this year. <laughs> right. So um, very good for us to have a nice positive review and um yeah so that i mean that does it for this episode we had those two reviews and the initial reaction to annette again we'll you know coming up you know in a few weeks when annette is on available on amazon prime because it's only in theaters at the moment we will have a bigger discussion about that very interesting movie what else mm-hmm. do we have coming up 
we got uh, the Suicide Squad to talk about, which will be right. very soon. Um, we got High School Musical, Musical Series, Series Review. Hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can get that out there soon. And uh, what I about? Don't know. We we have a couple of fun episodes. I mean, the summer's free guy, free guy. Um, We're gonna be doing that uh, Monsters at Work and Turner and Hooch, right? Well, <laughs> I do. Maybe one day I'll talk. To, maybe when Monsters at Work is done, I'll talk about it. Which I actually like that show. But... Oh, and I assume you, Tyler, and the gang will be talking about What If. Yes, yes, that's true. So, a lot of stuff to end out the summer with. Um, I go back to school soon, so stuff might be starting to slow down a little bit, as everyone will be starting soon, but. We're we're gonna try and get out as much stuff as we can before we all leave. So, yeah, that's uh that's about it. That's all I gotta say. Um, yeah. Have a great have a great week, everybody. Uh, Thank you for listening, and make yeah. sure to do the great stare. Yeah, and see Joe Keery and Free Guy this Friday. <laughs> all right, bye.